grab your cup of tea and let's do this. Disclaimer. This episode contains graphic descriptions of violence against women that could be disturbing to certain individuals. Okay, so there were two murders in one night. Wow. And they were at... Yeah, they took place like five to ten minutes away from each other, like the distance. Oh my god, that's crazy. And then like after finishing off the second murder, the killer decides to walk back to the first murder site. Pretty so he basically walked in, yeah, and then so basically he walked into an area swamped with police. Oh my god, this killer is a zigzagger. Oh, he's a zigzagger. Yeah. Yes, he is. Hey guys, I'm V. And I'm Jay. Welcome to Illuminati. Your one-stop shop for grisly conspiracy theories, true crime, and urban legends. Begging time. If you like our episode, please don't forget to subscribe or follow us. Okay, back to the episode. Okay, um, so the topic for today's episode is... Drumroll. Jack the Ripper. Oh. Okay. The most infamous serial killer of all time. Yep. One crazy dude. Yep. Okay, so I'll just get into the case. Right. Because it's long. It is hella long. Yeah. yeah this is going to be a long one. <laughs> right. The year is 1888 and in the east of London, in the Whitechapel Pacific, an area with an inclination of proclivity towards violence and crime suddenly got terrorized by a series of murders. The killer was the world's most notorious serial killer, Jack the Ripper. Most people believe that the Ripper had five victims, while others believe that he had up to 11 victims. The five victims are called as the five canonical victims. All of these five victims were prostitutes. This case was heavily covered in newspapers and everyone was fascinated by them. But at the end, everyone was so upset that the killer wasn't found that the police commissioner and home secretary resigned from the positions. Was it really? Yep. I think they just kind of got so pressurized like they're literally playing rock, paper, scissors with a killer and then they end up not finding him. Yeah, but they actually resigned? Yes. Wow, the, the stress must be so crazy. Because, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, you're practically playing cat and mouse with a crazy person. Yep. Okay. And it's, yeah. yeah. So we'll just go into the five canonical victims now. Okay. So the date is August 31st, 1888. It's 3.40 in the morning. And the body of Mary Ann Nichols was found in Buckstow in Whitechapel. The body was found by a man named Charles Cross, who claimed that he was walking down Buckstow when he noticed a bundle towards the western end. Uh, Another man named... By bundle, a bundle yeah. you mean like, like someone wrapped? Like an entire that, human just wrapped in the... In a... um, no, her body was just found like that. Maybe he was just walking and he saw like a shadow. That must be so creepy. Like you're just walking down the street. Why were you walking down the street at 340? And you still didn't you? It's, it's 1888. It's... There were probably bars in that area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Another man named Robert Paul also approached the body with Charles and the police arrived eventually. Marianne Nichols was found on her back. Her throat was severely slashed and she was disemboweled. It was determined that she was dead for about only 30 minutes, which could mean that the killer was likely nearby when the body was found. Oh, that is so chilling. 
I know. He was right there. So you're telling me that that when these two guys they were like walking towards the body, they could have just as easily ran into Jack himself and wouldn't know. Yeah, that if they if they had shown up over there like five to ten minutes before, he would have right. been there. Oh, God, it's chilly. See, this is why you do not go out early morning. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't go out right now. I wouldn't go ever. It's like, yeah, I'm all by myself walking on a road. <laughs> right. Okay, I guess so the second, second victim. victim. Right. Uh, it's September 8th, 1888. The time, I, don't, I did not find the time. Uh-huh, but the, we'll assume again it was the morning. Yeah, I mean midnight type. Yeah, eerie so time. So the body of yeah, the body of Annie Chapman was found at twenty nine Hanbury Street. A body was discovered by John Davis who lived in a building on that street. With this murder, though the violence escalated, oh, he not only how much slashed. How can he escalate? I mean the 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 full body was disemboweled. Yeah, he not only slashed her throat but he also took her womb. How did it just take someone's womb? What the heck? Know. That's our uh, uh, divisional police surgeon, Doctor George Baxter Phillips, right. said that the killer, the killer was perhaps a doctor or had anatomical knowledge. Well, he based had on to. the way, yeah, based on the way he took the womb out. So, so basically, he could. either be a doctor like a surgeon or something or yeah, a person or a with student. an anatomical background yeah wow, and that's a few a days later yep a few days later on september 27th the police received a letter which i will quote a few parts of it okay dear boss I keep on hearing the police have caught me but they haven't fixed me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. And oh another exo. So wait, hold on. He, so the possible killer sent this letter. Yeah, yeah. Grand work the last job boss. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? Ew. So creepy person. So messed up person. I know. Okay. Another excerpt says, "You will soon hear of me with my funny little games." The Nothing next job I do. Nothing about this is funny. Yeah. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send it to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. I'm not crazy. And it was signed yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Oh, so he named himself Jack the Ripper. Yeah, you the know public did not hear himself, but like, like give it to this guy. This guy had has thought everything. of a great name. Yeah, I mean, this is a great name, right? Like it's stuck. He knows what he's doing. He's got everything yep. planned out. But I mean, yep. if you think about it. he named himself he sent a letter he mentions intimate details about the next supposed murder that he's going to do this guy yeah. is just really confident he he wants to gloat about this thing so bad yeah and he's just pretty i don't know i don't have the word for it crazy he's kind of like a show off Yeah, exactly like a show off cuz I mean you have to be pretty gutsy to send them a letter and then name yourself yeah. with clearly a name that stuck for a very long time and then not be, and then not get caught. Yeah, and then not get caught. You're a pretty confident guy. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So this letter wasn't released to the public until like October 1st. Mm-hmm. which is like 3 to 4 days after the letter was received so many believe that it was fabricated by a journalist but it still went to the papers and the name stuck obviously 
I don't know for attention. But they didn't mention the journalist. Anyways, okay. I would. Yeah. Third victim. Three days later, on September 30th, at 1 a.m., the body of Elizabeth Stride was found on Burner Street by a, name, by a man named Louis Deemschutz. Okay. So, wait, this was and before the letter got released? Yeah, one day before. Okay. So, only her throat was slashed because of which many believed that the murder was interrupted. And many also questioned whether this was actually Jack the Ripper or not because her throat was cut really hastily and none of the other tricks he pulled off were there. Mm. And um, when she was examined... 30 minutes she was dead for 30 minutes she was examined at 1 15 so basically she died at 12 45 a.m the body was found at 1 a.m and then they examined at 1 15 i don't think the interruption theory would be very um yeah uh, what do you say applicable here because i mean there was a 15 minute gap so when he exactly. actually killed her and when the body was discovered. And but if you think about it, even time. the first murder, he he had yeah. time. and he, There were people around, but he still completed the job. Exactly. So maybe there's a chance that this one is not actually killed by Jack the Ripper. But yeah. it happened at the same time, so we're going to ignore that. And again, this is like 1888, this... No way we can yeah. say with an absolute guarantee. Yeah. Okay. So after about only 45 minutes after the discovery of Elizabeth's child, another body was found on Mitre Square, just west of the place Elizabeth was found. This woman was called Catherine Eddowes, who was the second victim on the same night. He killed two people on the same night? Yeah. Oh, so her body was her body was severely mutilated, including her face. Her womb was taken and her left kidney was removed too. But what's, what's weird is that part? I don't know. Okay. This man's sick in the head. I swear he needs therapy so badly. I feel like he would scare off the therapist to let it go. Yeah, yeah. But what's weird is that after murdering Kathleen, he, the killer went back in the direction of the first murder. So and he went here that, again. Yeah. And then he found, the, the police find one of the few clues in this case. And that was a piece of Kathleen Addo's apron. Oh. Wait. This, this is weird. He, he went, he committed two murders. And yeah. after committing the second one, he decided to walk around the first one, and which left was already called in. So there were police yeah. there. Yeah. This guy so this... is so confident. It's actually bugging He's me. Brave. Exactly. I know. The amount of confidence this man possesses is ticking me off. Okay. And, and the hanker and the apron thing. He, yeah. You're telling me he dropped it? Dropped it like no, It was just a tiny piece. Oh. It's just a tiny piece. So it was found by Alfred Long in the doorway of an apartment block near Goldston Street, which was east of the Edwards murder site. Right. And he, Near the apron was a message in chalk saying the Jews are the men that will not be blamed for nothing, which was a sign of anti-Semitism, which was pretty common in that area, actually. Okay, so that's um, that's not a detail that is very critical yeah. in the case. But the crucial, the crucial detail is that it was found east of the Edo's murder site which is towards the stride murder side. side. Yeah, this but, might, I mean, right, but 
he willingly entered an area swarmed with cops which could yeah. also suggest that he was a local he lived there in that area yeah but the only reason that we know he walked back towards his first crime scene is that he took the, the apron. apron right but yeah. if you see the other three in this case the other three murders he didn't take any yeah. piece of clothing with him maybe he did this on purpose yeah cuz he's a pretty confident guy which uh, to show how confident he is well yeah you you got it buddy we know you have a confidence so then uh, another postcard was received by the police on october 1st that's the day the first letter was published right and this one was also claimed to be written by jack the ripper and which he claimed that he couldn't finish the murder properly and he couldn't clip off the ears for the police as mentioned in the previous letter what which... did the postcard even read sorry for um, rushing up the third murder i committed and i'm sorry yeah, i went he... back on the promise that i gave you but the ear clipping <laughs> thing yeah that's my bad that's on me so you know what have another body in a as a counterbalance or as a sorry or my gift to you for breaking that promise what is wrong with this person <laughs> and like it kind this kind of kind in a way proves that it was actually written by jack the ripper because none of the public knew that there were two murders that happened the previous night seriously i mean this is 1888 yep. like yeah Yeah, I mean, the way you know is newspapers, but yeah, I mean, there's no Twitter or Instagram, and no one is roaming around screaming that there were two murders. Can you imagine the amount of hashtags Ripper would get if they had Twitter? <laughs> I mean, hashtag Jack the Ripper, hashtag the hashtag Ripper, hashtag Ripper. I mean, yeah. I mean, he would have. He if he if he was a killer in this century, where Twitter and Instagram and all that exist, he definitely would have gotten the attention he so desperately wants. Yeah, I mean, Twitter at this this time would have been crazy because I think London at this time was just kind of insane. Yeah, eighteen eighty eight, right? Yeah. And he was continuing with the crazy postcard thing. We're rambling a lot today. <laughs> I know, and this video is already gonna be so long. Okay, so on thirteenth October eighteen eighty eight, the police spent a week searching every house but found nothing. On sixteenth October, a man named George Lusk received a letter. He was the head of the Mile End Vigilance Committee, a group of local businessmen that would assist the police. It was signed from hell and was delivered with half a human kidney. It was believed that the kidney was Kathleen Eddowes' kidney, but it was just a prank pulled by a medical student. It was just a prank. Oh man, yeah. I was kind of leaning towards the from hell vibe. I mean, I that's just I mean... so that that's very uh, in theme with the whole craziness of the report. Yeah, like hell is even worse than Jack the Ripper, apparently. Yeah, and you get a letter. It's signed from hell. What even meaning to it? Okay, and and people are pulling pranks about serial killer. Yeah, British people really did not give a crap. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> <They did not. laughs> there's a serial killer just. killing women Roman police account. have no yeah. idea what's happening and they're pulling pranks i said sending a kidney just pranks yeah anyways we move to the last victim right the supposed last victim yep this body was found on november 9th Her right. name was Mary Kelly, and she was found at thirteen Miller's Court in her bed. He she was wait, found hold, in her bed. 
Yeah. He so broke, broke into her into house. house. And murdered her. Oh, he's changing the ammo. It, okay. It was, the body was found by her landlord's assistant who was seeking rent. Imagine being this guy and going to seek mm-hmm. rent and end up finding the body. <laughs> exactly. He got a little this, bit more than what he wanted. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then this was the most gruesome murder because she was disemboweled and her body was virtually skinned down. Oh, my God. Oh, this and is so this is what creepy. Deli- I have goosebumps. <laughs> this is what the landlord said about the state of the body. Quote, the sight that we saw, we cannot drive away from our minds. It looked more like the work of the devil than that of a mind. Of a man, sorry, not mind. End quote. Poetic. And not describing so the body one tiny bit. Yep. And with that, we come to an end of the victims. Right. And now that the they took a lot of eyewitness testimonies, and with that, there's like a rough outline of the Ripper's appearance made. Okay. So he's like. 25 to 35 years old mm-hmm. 5 foot 5 to 5 foot 7 right. stocky fair complexion and a mustache right. and he was seen seen wearing a dark overcoat with a dark hat this description if, of a man in 1888 is just so generalized I mean it could be anybody yeah I'm imagining him with like the lens on his left eye and a the walking monocle. stick. Monopoly, the monopoly guy. Oh my <laughs> god, yes. I mean, this is such a generalized description and why would you even, why were you even taking eyewitness testimonies? I mean, you could have literally been anybody. He passed the cops. Exactly. And I think almost everyone in London looked like that. Uh, yeah, like if you 25, think, if 35 I, years old. This is so generalized. Anyone fits in this. Exactly. And if I think of like London in 1900s, I'm going to think of people like that walking around. Yes, yeah, so this whole uh, outline of Ripper's appearance is a little useless. Any man. Any man. What eyewitness testimony? He walked right past the cops as well. I know. Anyways. I guess Sir Melville McNaughton, Scotland Yard's head of criminal investigation department in 1903 had a general idea or suspicion about who the report could be. He said the killer had anatomical knowledge so he could possibly be a doctor. Right. So he had narrowed he had narrowed his list down to three suspects. But due to overwhelming amount of suspects, there are about eight suspects for who the Ripper could be. So we're going to look into eight suspects today. So we'll start with the three suspects listed by McNaughton. Okay. The first one is Montague Johnson Druitt. Okay. He was a barrister who was said to have an uncle and an and a cousin who were doctors and he had an interest in surgery. Um, he was most probably living with his cousin who practiced medicine and lived in an area close to the killings. And it's believed that a month before the first victim was found, his mother started to go insane and he wrote in a note that he worries that he will also go insane. Oh. Okay. And McNaughton. Yeah. McNaughton in his notes said, From private information, I have little doubt but that his own family suspected this man of being the Whitechapel murderer. It was alleged that he was sexually insane. And then after the murders, okay, you see. Yeah, no, just a second.
keeping in mind that it was found at the murder site of Kathleen Eddowes. Why it was found. Why did you buy it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Ah, okay. I think they stopped. Mhm. So. So Russell Edwards got the help of a molecular biologist right. who has actually a, a very complicated name so I'm not going <laughs> to say it. Okay. Um, so the person said that the blood on the shawl is connected to Catherine which uh based off of comparisons with her descendants. But that's not a very strong comparison. I mean they're her descendants. Yeah, but I mean, we got something. Yeah, we ha- we and have. And there a- was also, and there was also semen on the scar, which connected to Kosminski's relatives. Mm-hmm. Well, oh yeah, there's no way to have known whether they were. But yeah, there's way to have known if they were raped because he took their womb, right? Everything yeah. This was there. Yeah. So they didn't. The cops didn't investigate that. And I don't the, think so. No, like who that, buy this happens, car? Something happens which then proves that he probably wasn't the ripper. I'll get into that. Let's explore that then. Besides the fact that some crazy person. Actually, bought a scarf that was found in a murder scene. Yeah, so Russell Edwards was confident that he had found the ripper, and that right. the case is closed. But the scientist made a critical error of nomenclature. Oh no! So when he examined the blood, he found a mutation in it named three hundred and fourteen point one C. Right. Which is actually which is found in only one out of two ninety thousand people, and it matched Kathleen Eddowes' relative Karen Miller. So then, it's kind of proven, right, that Karen yeah. and Kathleen were like that thing. But then, found out that it was a mistake, and the mutation was actually three hundred and fifteen dot one C. Which is found in over ninety nine percent of Europeans, so it could be anyone for that matter. Wow, we went from one out of two hundred ninety thousand to hey, anybody. An entire continent. An entire continent. Oh man, <laughs> I think the scientist is just kicking himself over this now. Yeah, and the uh, Kosminski's DNA thing. And it I- was. Uh, uh, checked using mitochondrial DNA, and it wasn't reviewed by other scientists, so there was no way to prove that it was authentic. Ah, uh, so this man was prejudiced towards this. Killer. Yeah, and, and this he refused to. Suspect. The scientists refused to answer any questions by media outlets. And I mean, if I made a mistake like that, I would be too. Imagine being the author and then getting a call from the scientist and being like, "This thing uh, went from one to ninety thousand to anybody in Europe." Sorry, man, I made a mistake. My hand just slipped. I type. I meant to type four, but then I meant to type five, but then it took four. This is my bad. Mm. <laughs> okay. So then they sent the Aaron Kosminski theory. So he probably isn't a ripper. Yeah. But he is a so pretty then, crazy person. Pretty yeah. Weird. So okay, then this one is a theory, not a suspect. But the theory is that Jack the Ripper is a female. I like it. I'm intrigued. So the theory is called Jill the Ripper because Jack and Jill. Right. So and like the idea of police searching for a man. Instead of a woman, gives the female killer a chance to slip by the police without suspicion. Right. Now, see that makes so much more sense than that vague description. I know. And some also say that a midwife could have had 
enough anatomical knowledge to do all of that and right if there's if there's no one would be suspicious also true but i mean no midwife just goes around town wearing bloody clothes i mean unless she does not have like a change of clothes you never know the situation right i like the female there it fits yeah but like again the eyewitness testimony points to a man but you can't really trust it i would oh my what eyewitness which eyewitness are you talking about the guy slipped right past the cops who are these eyewitnesses exactly i think that's kind of like people who are talking people. for the sake of talking yeah, yeah. police then have a description so they just went hey you know what you're my eyewitness describe this person please and please please be as vague as possible that really <laughs> helps i guess to so the next suspect is prince albert victor christian edward Ooh, this guy has four names yeah, they say yep. never trust a person with more than two names this guy's got four i guess we'll find out I guess you find out, but there's a royalty angle to this. I like it. Yeah. So he was known to roam around the areas where, uh, where the victims were found, uh-huh. because of which, like, he kept doing this, and he ended up contracting syphilis. Oh. And that drove him insane. Oh, this went downhill so fast. <laughs> and some say that he had a child. with a local woman and queen victoria demanded that everyone who knew of this child to be taken care of scandalous and possibly a repeat or former uh what do you say like a former older version of diana but scandalous yeah. i like it yeah <laughs> and some believe that he committed the murders himself because he was deemed insane but he was never discovered cuz royal aides assisted in covering his identity so the dude is dead yeah or like they couldn't find him so cuz he's dead apparently okay i mean this seems far fetched i mean just because he was roaming around that area yeah. and cuz he was insane and, like and there was there's no proof of him having a child and there's no strong evidence um, like pointing towards him then again she was the queen right she must have had like guards and ministers and advisors and everything so if she wanted something yeah. taken care of it would be taken care of and this is like 1888 so that was like the peak of english empire Yeah. So exactly. So we never know, but this is the theory people believe in the least. Makes sense because there is there's a lot of gap holes. Yeah. Alright. Okay. Next sixth, suspect. Sixth suspect. His name is Walter Sickert, and he was a famous painter. Oh wow! He has the word "sick" in his name. <laughs> So this theory is proposed by a crime novelist Patricia Cornwell, and like after selling novels, she spent a lot of time on proving that Sickert is the Ripper. So in oh, so she had 2000... just zoned in on this one person, and she's like, yeah, yeah. he did it. Yeah. So in two thousand one, she spent two million pounds to buy all of his paintings, letters, and desk together, like all of it. Oh wow, she crazy, crazy. Yeah, and then she cut up his paintings to search for clues, and she also said that this guy was obsessed with Jack the Ripper. Because so are you? His, yeah, because many of his paintings, uh, he had referenced Jack the Ripper in many of his paintings, and he even titled one of them as Jack the Ripper's Bedroom. Uh. Okay, but I mean, did you have to go and buy so many of his paintings and then just cut them up? I mean, you're pretty prejudiced. Yeah, 
she's practically okay. obsessed with proving that he's the killer and this guy's practically obsessed with jack the ripper as were many yeah but no this guy was obsessed obsessed because he had one painting that shows the body position of the fifth, fifth victim mary kelly who was found in a bed mm-hmm. and then there was another painting that mimics the facial wounds of katherine adors now he needs help get this man some help he was yeah. like He used to cosplay as Jack the Ripper. I, I don't think cosplaying was a thing back then, but he used to do that. Even if it was, why would you pose <laughs> as a serial killer? Exactly. He was like, what, 28 years old when this whole thing... He was 28 years old when he, this whole thing happened. Very young. Yeah. Cosplaying like, the, like a killer? I don't understand it. That, I mean... not even just for halloween like just randomly wow cosplay was a thing back then i don't think so it was maybe just like playing fancy dress something like that okay so both of them need help especially so, him because he is yeah clearly obsessed so is she <laughs> both are obsessed whatever Right. Okay. So the Conwell also said that Sickert claims that he was in France when the murders happened, but she cites sketches of him being in London at the time of at least three killings. Sketches. Which um, yeah, sketches like you just paint a tour and go to a police and be like, I have evidence. Anyone can sketch. I mean, okay, she really exactly. wants him to be the killer. Yeah. Okay. But then she also found some evidence. Ooh. Damning evidence. So, so she just crazy evidence. Um it's like proper evidence. Damning evidence. Okay. So the biggest piece on her case was that she went to a forensic paper expert and he uh, got the letters analyzed that Sickert had written. Right. and the the paper that he used was a kind of handmade paper mm-hmm. and uh, there were only about 24 copies of this paper available at that time how do Just you know 24. that because it's a special kind of paper papers? it's a special kind of handmade paper i don't think it'll make a lot limited edition okay and jack the ripper's letters were also written using the same paper he used limited edition paper okay he's fancy yeah but then it should also be noted that all of the jack the ripper letters are unconfirmed everything is unconfirmed in this case except for the apron mm, yeah what i mean yeah that seems No, it stands alone for some reason. Cause yeah, like I said, like we said, they didn't take any piece of clothing from any of the former murders. Yeah. But then again, he didn't commit two murders on the same night either. <laughs> yeah. Akra, we will be back in just a second. So the seventh suspect is Joseph Barnett, and this guy is probably my favorite suspect in this case. Ah, because he actually lived. He lived with Mary Kelly, one of the victims. The last victim, right? Yeah. Oh, he lived with her. Okay. And she was killed in her own house. Yeah. Right. That's the point. Okay. Yeah, I see. He had lived in like ten. He had lived in ten different areas of East London, right. which made him pretty well versed with the area. Yeah, so that and he worked as a, yeah, he worked as a fish porter and was believed to be in love with Mary Kelly. And then he killed her. 
According to Daily Telegraph, he referred to Mary Kelly as his wife when she was just his roommate. Oh, major red flag. This is creepy. Yeah, and he disagreed with her life as a prostitute and strived to make money to keep her off the streets. And some believe he killed the first few people to scare her, which worked. But then he lost his job, so she had to continue with her job. And they fought a lot over financial issues. Oh, uh-huh. And then at one point they had a huge fight when Mary brought home two uh, women. And he found it unacceptable and they fought a lot. Okay. So it was pretty violent and a window was broken. Ah, oh, so he has anger management issues. Yeah, and then he moved out. And only 10 days later, she was found dead. Oh. Just 10 days? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, I see, I see why you like this guy for the killer. Yeah. So he was questioned for a lot of time, but then set free. But since he lived there, he would have good knowledge about the apartment. Yeah. And also probably knew her schedule. Yeah. But this doesn't uh, line up with the uh, more that one would have of Jack the Ripper with the disembowelment and the general hate towards women since he took their I wounds. don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, he was a fish porter, so he probably had anatomical knowledge. Just because he was a fish porter. And I mean, even then, yeah. if, if the theory is that he was killing these women to scare Mary, why would you take their wounds? I mean, what was the significance of that? Or the taunts, if we know. assume that the letter was, that the letters were authentic. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So then some uh, a newspaper reported that his nickname was Jack. And the murders apparently stopped after Mary. Right. So the last suspect is James Maybrick. And he is pretty popular. So his death coincided with the stopping of the killings, which is one year after the murders. Oh. He was a wealthy cotton merchant who lived outside Whitechapel. Right. But many believed that the murders were committed by a local, but they were all committed on the weekend. So he could be like traveling. Right, yeah. Possible. Yeah, and the main evidence that linked him was a diary found under the floorboards of his house, yeah. which was signed. I give my name that all know of me. So history do tell me what love can do to a gentleman born. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Ah, okay. He kept a diary. Of course he kept a diary. Yeah. And the diary contained details of the killings and it has been proven to be bought when the killings were committed. That makes sense. He is a very confident person. He likes to gloat. So, of course, he kept notes. So, this diary was found by a man named Mike Barrett. who, okay. But he admitted to fabricating the diary. But then he uh, took the statement back because he did not want publicity. Mm. So, he fabricated the diary. He first That's what claimed he the diary for publicity, then said he fabricated yeah. the diary, and then took his statement back because he did not want the publicity. What was the yeah. point of this whole exercise? I have no idea. So some sources say that the diary was handed to him over generations, while others believe that his associates or he himself found it under the floorboards. There was... The whole family just passed them a diary like that without ever opening it. 
and if they did know, like, open if it and thought. saw the whole Jack Ripper thing, did not hand it in police. Yeah, I don't think this thing is true. I mean, the finding in the floorboard is okay. That makes sense, but the generation thing. I mean, why? Yeah, okay. there have to be pretty, pretty long list of generations in between, right? Yeah. So, if this diary was actually found in his home, then that would prove that he was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And yeah, another evidence is a gold pocket watch, which contained the scratched initials of the five victims, with "I am Jack" and "J. Maybrick" all scratched on it. Oh, okay. Pocket watch. And the pocket watch must be hella big, cause I mean, so much stuff to fit in there. <laughs> Maybe. And these scratches were analyzed. Um. using a microscope and it said that they were not done during modern times so it would probably be before 1900s oh my god the watch actually did belong to him this man was and carrying an entire watch with scratchings on it and no one noticed exactly and it was it's dated back to 1846 and was purchased for 225 pounds 1846 so there is a chance it to belong to him yeah but it would have had to be handed to him right cuz otherwise the description and the timeline doesn't fit the de- description said that he was 25 in between 25 to 35 and the timeline yeah. says the first murder started in 88 so it would have had to be handed down to him yeah so then someone probably handed down to him but his initials were there 225 pounds that is an expensive watch he was a rich cotton merchant and then he scratched on it Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but but like since he lived away from the town and the diary's authenticity is questioned, some don't believe that he was actually the ripper. Why can't you test the diary to see, you know, an estimate of the time period, or maybe you know compare the paper of the diary with that handmade, uh, the note or the letter that he sent. Yeah. Maybe yeah. It's been so long, and we still don't know. It's been over hundred years. We can land on flipping Mars, but we don't know what happened here. Exactly. So the case is still unsolved. Very clearly, probably due to the lack of actual evidence. Yeah. We hope you like this episode. Stay tuned for more on every Saturday right here on Illuminati.